and a white laptop, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely have their stem taken root in the earth when he blows upon them and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stuff. To whom then will you compare me? Or who is my equal? says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see. Who created these? Who brings them out of their hosts and numbers them, calling them all by name? Because he is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strength the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
that I find when you speak, I have become all things all people, and my final name they come. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I might share in his blessings. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening, at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases, and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord. Tells the demons not to speak about him. 
He tells people to be pure, not to tell anybody that he's cured them. And he even tells his not to tell anyone that he's the Messiah. Now, this curious aspect of the Gospel of Mark, which we call the Messianic Secret, kind of a fancy name for it, I think Judy may have mentioned it last week in her sermon. How people who think and write about these things have had a variety of ideas about why this might be so, why Jesus would want to keep these things secret. And one line of, one line of thinking is this, that Jesus didn't want anything to get in the way of his mission, which was to proclaim the message of the kingdom of God, the good news of God, the kingdom of God. Now, of course, healing was a part of that message, a very important part of that message, but in a world not unlike our own, Jesus feared that people might get distracted by the apparently quick fix of healing and be distracted from the primary message kingdom of God is at hand, and that discipleship in this kingdom, while leading ultimately to life and to life abundance, this path passed through hardship and death first. He didn't want people to rail from the deeper spiritual path by physical healing. He was not interested in being hailed as a wonder worker, but rather in having people hear the message that she brought. Now we see a little bit of this in our gospel passage today where his disciples find him where he's been praying all night in the morning, starting in the morning. He's trying to kind of replenish himself and stay centered. And they come to him in essence demanding that he come back to Capernaum for an encore. And apparently the grief under this, that they're hunting for him, it's more than just for hunting. They're demanding that he come back to them. Uh, a bit of kind of annoyance and um, impatience with him. Why aren't you where we need you right now? And he says, well, I have other places I need you to go. Other places that need you the message that I have. So that's one reason for the Messianic secret. Jesus didn't want people to be derailed by the healing. Another reason for this so-called Messianic secret was that in the time of the composition of the Gospels, and particularly of the Gospel of Mark, the early church needed a way to explain why so few followed Jesus while he was still alive, uh, before the resurrection and coming of the Holy Spirit. Because let's face it, during his lifetime, Jesus was a failure. His mission ended at the cross. His earthly mission ended at the cross. And while Jesus most assuredly would have cautioned potential followers to uh, be aware of the cost of discipleship, the way Mark's writer puts this together, that is really, really emphasized. The secretive aspects of these warnings are really uh, highlighted, perhaps uh, definitely more than in, than in the other Gospels. In any case, so this secret, the way this thinking goes, there was meant to kind of uh, explain why Jesus didn't get more people following him during, during his life. Whatever the reasons for this literary feature, Jesus is clearly not very good at keeping the demons from talking about him, and for that matter, convincing humans that he heals uh, to keep mum about who he is. And he is misunderstood. As most scholars believe, the original ending of Mark replies ambiguous in keeping this uh, theme of, of awareness 
reassuring resurrection appearances by Jesus. Simply the description of women in the tomb, alarmed by the angel they find there, leaving the tomb in terror and amazement, and keeping silence out of fear. Now, as I was musing on these passages, sometimes uh, a mystery to me why the Spirit may lead me where she does, but as I was thinking uh, that here we are at Epiphany, which is of course the season where especially the church is meant to tell abroad the news of who Jesus is and what his message is, but somehow there seems something ironic about the Episcopalians hearing the gospel that seems to be telling people to keep their interest in Jesus a secret. Um, we have been known by some as the throne and chosen. <laughs> there may be some irony here in uh, having a gospel to pick Jesus as someone who's saying, don't tell anyone about me. <laughs> Unflattering, but perhaps understandable. We've not been known for our evangelistic efforts as popularly understood, and we've not been particularly known for our interest in healing. However, there are countless individuals in this congregation, and I dare say throughout our denomination, who walk the way of Jesus, who have knowingly trod the way of the cross, because that's the way that Jesus walks, and who have experienced healing as part of being a part of this church, whether or not they come forward for prayers, particular special prayers for healing during the Eucharist. And people who, in their deeds and words, have given away the secret that keeps them steady during their storms. For us, perhaps there are two aphorisms that we are particularly good at holding together as Episcopalians. One of them is attributed to St. Francis. Some of you may know that we have a beautiful rose window in the chapel that features Francis. If you haven't seen it, you might make a trip to go see it. It's absolutely beautiful. This is the first aphorism is attributed to St. Francis. Preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. <laughs> Preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. And the second aphorism or passage is a passage from Scripture that is equally as important. It's from the first letter of Peter. It goes like this Through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ your Master. Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are. And always do that with utmost courtesy. I think we're good holding those two together. And in this way, we continually share with the world, we share with the world, the secret of salvation, the secret of staying on course in a world full of storms.
Sabbaths and hiking and swimming and boating, all in the context of loving Christian community. I will be the chaplain there the last uh, week of the summer, and I selfishly hope that if you encourage me some people to come, you'll encourage them to come during that week where I can enjoy them. Um, in the uh, parish hall during coffee hour, I will have a little card to give out with a, uh, a website where you can register online. Registering online is now open. And there'll be a slideshow there on, on my computer. If I'm not there, you can wake it up by touching it. There'll be a slideshow um, that will have pictures of the music of the last uh, last summer's um, session where there were three kids uh, from the church. It would be wonderful. So I encourage you to think about that. That's especially on the person in your life. Trinity lunches this Thursday. If you've not signed up yet, please do. There's a opportunity in the link to sign up. This coming Saturday, that will be Family Day at the Cathedral. Uh, they are celebrating an anniversary of opening the Cathedral. As many children as can possibly show up, they're hoping for a large bunch of kids because they have a lot of uh, very fun things planned. Check the, uh, uh, the latest edition of the window, and it has something in it about that family. And finally, next Sunday, very important day for us, we have our bishop visiting. And I can give you 10 reasons. <laughs>
be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In Him who has delivered us from evil, made us worthy to stand before Him. In Him who has brought us out of error and the truth, out of sin and righteousness, out of death and life. On the night before He died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. When He had given thanks to you, He broke it. He gave it to His disciples and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for remembrance of me. After supper, he took a cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this all. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for men for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for remembrance of Therefore, according to this command, O God,
Christ the Son of God be manifest in you, that your lives may be a light to the world. Blessing of God Almighty, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen.